welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, Queen of Sass and Burnout, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I'm so excited to have you here on another episode. You know, I have been flitting around and not doing as many podcast episodes, but it doesn't mean that I haven't been doing anything. It's just it's just been a lot with moving. I finally got my new office set up. It's not totally there yet, but to actually set up and have a microphone and like not have to move it has been absolutely amazing. So I'm super excited to do one of my first podcast episodes in my new upstairs attic office with my friend, fellow entrepreneur and badass DO, Dr. Lori Bosch. All right, we'll get into the conversation now. on the podcast. Hi, Erin. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to see you and talk with you again. Absolutely. So a little unknown fact is that Lori and I got to share an Airbnb house and a pooping bathroom together. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to designate one when you go on vacation. <laughs> Just for everybody out there. We got together the amazing Dina George had this idea and got a whole bunch of people together. And I girlfriend and knew Lori was a creative green crowd, but not had really like sat down, had a conversation with her, but I knew she was probably an awesome person. And we over a vegan dinner figured out together that we are both Scorpios and we are now BFFs. I knew it. I just, from that conversation, I'm like, wait, we are soul sisters. We yes. are soul sisters, 100%. <laughs> and we actually had this podcast conversation set up like way before then. So it's the universe, definitely. So let me do the official stuff. This is Dr. Lori Bogue, pronoun she, her, doctor. Again, I must mention, she's amazing DO as well. I love her bio. It simply says, I'm simple. Athlete, wife, dog mom, combat veteran, and target magnet. Trouble Magnet, <laughs> ER Doct, founder of Green Cloud, and dessert lover. <laughs> that is me. Yeah. I mean, I, I purposely try to live a very simple life. My, you know, I strive to be a minimalist in kind of all areas. But yeah, you know, I, I don't like to do a lot and have so much on my plate. So I've learned to say no, which was really hard for me to learn. And that just allows me to say yes to only super special things. I love that we get to see a snapshot of all the things that you get to do. But you weren't always all these things, right? Like it's the right. whole journey of where it comes. So yeah. we're definitely seeing your middles right now. But talk a little about your beginnings in medicine. Did you know you wanted to be a doctor? Did you know specifically you wanted to go in ER? Absolutely not. So, you know, I started college uh, studying engineering. And then I was like, no, this isn't for me. And just, you know, I personally, I was like on a health journey already at a young age. My family was pretty unhealthy. My dad had a massive heart attack, like in front of me at age 45. And so I just sort of shifted, like, I think I want to study medicine, but I don't know, you know, nobody in my family has done it. I don't know if I'll be able to do it. It's pretty competitive. So I just started taking the classes. I ended up switching my major to biochemistry and, you know, went for it. And I certainly didn't think I wanted to do emergency. I was OBGYN 100%. So up until my third year when I did the rotation and they talked me out of it, 
they were like, no, this is a pretty miserable field. You know, and this is just a few of the ones that the physicians I was rotating with. So, you know, I can't speak for the entire profession, but the ones I rotated with really sat me down and they're like, you should think hard, you know, and long about this. It's, it's a lot of hours, you know, all the things we know about OBGYN, but I still loved the field and the mix, but they kind of discouraged me. And then as I went through all my other rotations, I was like, man, I don't know if I, I, I like how I'm treated in medicine. Like, you know, surgery was like not even an option. It was such a horrible rotation. I was like, I can't do this. I will, I'll, I'll just like, no, I can't do this. And when I finally did emergency, I was like, wait, I can work eight, 10, 12 days a month. I can have a totally different life outside of medicine. I just, I can't let medicine define me. So I knew very early that although I liked medicine, the system wasn't going to work well with who I was. And so that's kind of why I went into emergency, a big part of the reason. I like kind of not knowing what's going to happen, what's going to come in, you know, you get to be the the one to sort of figure things out. So it fits kind of all of me, but um, yeah, the system kind of pushed me into, into emergency. I'm really glad that you had that insight because I did not. <laughs> yeah, no, not not many do. And, and it's sad. I've seen so many, you know, I've seen so many people, we all have. We There's so many of us that have been through this and have just suffered. So I got, to, I think I suffered a little bit less, but certainly I still burned out within emergency medicine. It has such a high burnout rate there too. Yeah, absolutely. Talk a little bit about that. You know, it's it's high stress and nowadays we all pretty much work for contract medical groups so we lose the autonomy with you know charting and patients per hour we're just pushed to do more and more and more with less and less and it's already a hard enough field and then when you take away resources and you feel overwhelmed you know and you're the only night doc on and you've got 30 plus patients and some are really really sick you're like what I, this is too much, you know? So, so I've, I've burned out multiple times over my career and I've just tried, you know, different things. And the, the, the one thing I found that works the best is just work less, but not, you can't always do that. And I certainly couldn't do that younger in my career when I have all, you know, my loans and bills and everything else. So, you know, I tried academics, I did military, I've done community medicine, I've kind of tried it all. So I feel like I am the queen of burnout too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but that's the one thing I want to praise for you is like, you did keep trying. Mm -hmm. I know so many people just like put their head down and just keep slamming through the same thing. And I think that's a testament for a lot of us that we kind of feel like a failure because we have tried a few things, or in my case, several different things, mm-hmm. till you finally think, you know, like, I got to the point that I thought, what is wrong with me? Like, yeah. maybe there's never that fit out there. Do you feel like where you're at now in your career that it's a pretty decent fit for you? Yeah, finally, shockingly, because I actually wanted to just retire from medicine. And I did for a few months. And then I started to miss it, which I'm like, why? What? This doesn't make sense. Like you can actually walk away completely. And so now I'm working at the VA and it's much more chill, meaning we don't have the metrics and, you know, have to move the patients through so quickly. And 
maybe the acuity isn't as high because where the VA is in Miami, we're, we're kind of in between two bigger, you know, level one hospitals. So they'll, the sickest patients won't even get to us by ambulance. They'll stop at the other ones. So, you know, a younger version of me would say this is way too boring for an ER doc, but where I'm at right now, I'm just loving it. I get to sit down with the vets and actually talk with them and review all their records. And, you know, so I feel very comfortable that I'm providing great care. So it's working really well. But again, you know, there's not going to be one recipe for, for everyone. So everyone's got to figure out what they need to do. Uh, to make medicine work for them. But starting like a side business actually made me love medicine more because I feel like I have another purpose within medicine to, you know, dress the ones I admire the most. So the combination has really worked well for me. I love how you put that. I heard the other day, I think it was on Instagram, I was watching something that there's no simple solution for a complex issue. And I think that is so important to be said on this this podcast because, mm-hmm. yeah, we do want the quick fix. We want the pill that makes us feel better. Absolutely, we're human. That's normal. But it's through that struggle that I think, like you said, then you really start to develop like what you will tolerate and what you will no longer tolerate. And that looks different than the 25-year-old who was just figuring her shit out. Yeah. And the, the problem is when you start burning out, you're, you're not, it's bad, but it's not that bad. And by the time you're burnt, crispy, you know, charred, like you're numb. Like I remember shifts like driving home and not even knowing who I was anymore. And like, you know, if, if an accident happened, I've had, I've done, I've done good. I've done enough, but like, I don't know if I can keep going another day. It's so, I mean, I've been there. We've, most of us have been that lowest low and, you know, I'm here just to kind of say, there's a way that you can work your way out, but you got to ask for help. You got to start slow. You've got to have a team on your side that supports you through it. But you're going to, you know, I felt like, I just remember feeling like, who am I? What am I doing? I don't even know what I want anymore. Yeah. I just want to go to sleep. I don't want to get out of bed. Like it's, it's hard. It's, and so, I mean, I feel for those that are, are, are deep in it. And I hope that, you know, they can find the way out because there, there is, beauty in medicine and we we get to do a lot of good and those outside of medicine don't don't get at all how we're suffering like oh my god you're so lucky you're a physician you know you get to take care of patients like how can you like not like that yeah it's like at our recent vacation together Dina and Don had a little uh, webinar thing that they were doing for emerge and we started talking about how when the participant talks about how she dodges the question of like what she does, mm-hmm. because like even saying your doctor just feels so icky. Yeah. That's one of those signs of burnout. If you can't really talk about what you do, friend, then yeah, yeah it's time for a change. So talk about that too. So we both are right there. Queens of burnout. Mm-hmm. Where did green cloud come into all of this? Was it like, was it like, oh, I could do this thing to distract me? Was it, I just need an outlet? Give me more. 
It's so bizarre because, you know, you you know me a little bit and I'm not like this fashion person and I probably shouldn't be saying this since I own a clothing scrub company, but you're just fucking down to earth. Let's just be honest. You're not foo-foo fashion. (laughs) So I trained military. I was the only female in my class. I remember showing up for intern year. I was super excited to be in emergency medicine. I get to wear pajamas to work and you would go to the OR back then and grab your scrubs. And I grabbed them and like, they only had certain sizes and they were definitely not to fit me. And I'm like, wait, I've been looking forward to this now for so many years. And like, this is what I'm going to wear. How are people going to, they already don't take me serious, right? Like I'm the female and on an army base, I'm not, I have no macho in me and I'm now wearing these scrubs. So the idea sort of popped in my mind then, like I should do something about this, but I'm an intern. So forget it. So I just kind of went about business. I did residency, but this idea over the past 20 plus years has kind of come and gone. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And then other companies started over the years and I'm like, oh, they did it. Perfect. I'll try these. I'll try these. But for some reason, I still had this vision of what I wanted. And I I wanted the company to be more than just scrubs. So maybe it took the 20 years because over my career in medicine, as I moved into academics, I started mentoring women and I really started understanding it wasn't just me that was suffering. Most of us are suffering. And so I would try to sponsor as many women as I I could in residency, um, you know, program and, and try to lift them up. And so it was almost a natural progression to say, you know what, I'm going to go for this. And now I can can mentor and sponsor on a bigger level in a totally different way. So yeah, that's that's kind of the background. How long ago was it that the first pair of scrubs showed up at your house? How many years ago? So 2019, I had to put my notice in at work because I knew I wanted to do something different. But when you're stuck, you, you can't do something else. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my situation. So I just said, you know what, I've got to put in my notice. So I put in my notice thinking maybe I'll start this business, but I was kind of numb and at that low point. And I'm like, I honestly, I just need to sleep for a couple months. So, you know, end of 2019, I put in my notice. I'm like, I'll work through February of 2020. Of course, COVID hit. I stayed on, I think until June. And then I was done. Once we got through the first wave in Miami, I was done. So I left my job and that's when I started like on a hunt to find mentors now in a field that I really didn't know much about. So, you know, you, you find people that have studied this and you can work well together. We know how to do this in medicine. We know how to ask for help and and find those that know more. So I just built a team and went for it. So 2020 June is kind of when like we had our first meeting, we started designing probably eight months later is when I put on the very first set, which wasn't at all what it is today, because you have to modify it so many times. But yeah, it's been it's been a few years. I love it so much. And each of your pieces are named after like a badass person. I love that. Yeah, that that was like, that's always part of it. And I want to also start incorporating, you know, not just badasses, our trailblazers of the past, but current ones. 
because, you know, think about being the first female physician, Dr. Blackwell, how did she survive medical school and training? And it was like a joke that they let her in, like, yeah, let's let her in and see, you know, her flail. So, I mean, we have to highlight them and their stories, but, you know, we're still blazing today. So there's, it's like, I need so many more items for all these women, but it was fun to name, to name different pieces after women in medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we've kind of, I, I don't think we've fully explained what green cloud is. So, okay. Cause we got too busy talking because it's so much fun, yeah. <laughs> but, but tell everybody out in podcasting land what green cloud is. So green cloud, just the name, you know, we're all superstitious in medicine. So do you consider yourself a black cloud or a, a white cloud? I am a black cloud, but I like welcome it. Like I'm like, bring it on type of thing. Let me, let me shoot some rainbows out of my ass at you black crowd. Cloud. So I've heard, you know, I've heard so many people, I hear it all the, almost every day. Cause in the ER, we're actually extra superstitious. You know, you can't say the Q word and like everything is based on, on the moon. And, but I I've heard it all different ways over the years. And I always felt like I didn't really fit in to medicine anyways. And then I'm like, you know, I don't believe this cloud thing. And so when I was naming the company, I just kind of came up with green cloud because, you know, green is health and harmony and it's just like a fun color and word. So I'm like, I'm just going to be a green cloud. I'm not a white cloud or a black cloud. And, you know, hopefully more people want to be a green cloud and we can change the culture of medicine. So that was my thought on naming the company. Now people are like, is this a marijuana company? Like they don't quite get what Green Cloud is. So I have to tell the story to get there. But, you know, Green Cloud, yes, we make equal parts chic, equal parts comfy scrubs. But we're so much more than that. We want to just bring out the confidence and courage of women in medicine. We want to highlight them. We want to support conferences that do that. We have great grand ideas, but you know, it takes time for a company to grow and we're about a year and a half in. So we're working on it. Yeah. I love it. One thing we talked about when we were on vacation together, and I just have to put this out there so everybody can laugh as DOs, we are, I, I will say I am anti-fig. So Mm. when are you going to do a figs take back day? Because I really, I really would love that if you did. Oh, (laughs) you know, I think they've, Yeah. I mean, the ad, there's no excuse. There's no, I mean, it's, yeah, you have to just be really careful, but they do amazing things as a company. Now we would love to do a buyback of, of scrubs, scrubs, right? Of all scrubs. And then you can use that material, recycle, you know, the yarn and make our own scrub. So when we're a bigger company, that's one of our goals Good, and even recycle our own. Cause you know, I have some they- scrubs that are about 20 years old that I stole from the hospital. <laughs> those, are, those, those are some of the best. They like, are the best. They are nice and comfy, first, but my ass yeah. doesn't fit in them anymore. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that as soon as we can. It's on our list. We just have to be bigger. You to must to do it. Okay. Yeah. Everybody who's listening, send Lori an email and tell her she <laughs> must do a scrubs buyback. I mean, that'll be phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what we really have been talking around is alignment. You know, mm-hmm. you talked about how 
you didn't fit in medicine. And I felt the same way. I talk about being a square peg in a round hole. Like it just didn't, it didn't feel good. And how, with all the tweaks and everything you've done, you've found that alignment. What would be your advice to others who are listening, who are are feeling that misalignment right now? Yeah. I mean, if you can take even a couple weeks, I mean, some sort of short break and just spend time with yourself. And first of all, you've got to find the self-compassion, right? You've got to be kind to yourself. You've got to find out who you really are, what you really love to do. And then how can you really build your life around that? Because unfortunately, to get where we have gotten in life in medicine, we we had to say yes to everyone else, right? We, we said yes to everything, every opportunity. And it, it led us into a place where we're like, who am I? I don't even know anymore because everyone else has pushed me to do these things. So you got to take a step back or some time away and just figure out who you are, what you really love. How can you create a life that you just love and you don't need a vacation from? And I know that sounds like so cliche, but you know, I, I really like love the things I'm doing today. It wasn't easy to get here at all. But if you slowly work towards that and start saying no to everything else that doesn't align with that mission, beautiful things happen. And all of a sudden you're, you're more, you've got energy and you've actually got time to spend, you know, time with Aaron and time to go on a girl's weekend because you've said so many no's that just don't align with what you want to do. Yeah. It's so important to like open up that bandwidth, Mm -hmm. not just physically in your schedule, but emotionally. So you're not numb mentally. Mm -hmm. So you can actually think and have creativity and, I feel like it, it's also opening up that like ser- spiritual s- soul aspect again so that you're not walled up. Cause I remember for the longest time, like I don't even know what happy feels like anymore, you know, or yeah. the only emotion I had for a long time was anger. Just so, so angry and mad at like the world and the coffee table I bumped my knee into and, you know, mm-hmm. and so you know, absolutely. You call it taking a break. I call it sabbaticals. I really think we have to start normalizing sabbaticals. And, you know, nobody truly goes into recovery. And, you know, with my addiction work, nobody really truly goes to recovery in the same place for which they were using. There has to be a change. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. If you're not sleeping well, friend, your brain is not going to be working. Just isn't. And so getting back into routine sleep, yeah, and you don't even you don't even realize you're not sleeping well because that's become normal too. I mean, you know, ever since residency we didn't sleep well or med school even. And so I didn't even know, I mean, it was 20 plus years until I started sleeping well. I didn't know what it felt like to wake up refreshed. I mean, you know, I I've been there. I I get it. And so I'm I'm here, you know, and with time like this is part of our, you know, what I want to do is help others because it really is possible to get out of it, even as hopeless as you feel. What about people who say, yeah, that's great, Lori, for you, but I can't do this. I can't I can't make changes. I can't walk away from my job. I can't do what Aaron tells me to do and take a break. What would you say to them? I think if you can't take a sabbatical, I think the next best thing is to figure out 
how you can try to work a little less. I mean, if you can turn a five day a week into a four day work week and just take that day for you, if you can do a, even a ha- one half day, I mean, you'll be surprised when you go to your boss and say, listen, this isn't working. I'm suffering. I need to do something about this now. They get it. And they will, I think most should try to work with you to keep you because there's a mass exodus right now in medicine. So it, it may be that you have to find a different position, but that next position you say yes to make sure you set clear boundaries Right. But I mean, I get it. Like finances is difficult, but just look at everything and what can we cut back on, you know, to make this happen? Because I just don't think adding yoga or, you know, any, anything that's been put out there, you've got to take a, you've got to take time away from it is the only thing I found to really work. Yeah. When I have people take breaks, I'm like, listen, you're not remodeling the kitchen. You're not cleaning out closets. You're not going to go do 30 days of yoga every day. Like, because that's just perpetuating that work addiction and that like, Mm -hmm. I have to be busy for my life to be meaningful. You have to learn how to be bored again. And another thing I'm helping a lot of physicians utilize, which is federal law is FMLA. So mm. important. Yes. Um, if you don't have your own doctor to take care of you, that's step one. And then step two, you know, burnout is recognized as mental health. You know, I think depression, anxiety, PTSD go hand in hand with burnout. So there's your medical diagnoses and yep. working with your doctor, your employer, you need a therapist, you need a coach, you need a whole team to surround you to make this break time successful. And like you said, sometimes it's just taking a mental health day here and there. I think a lot of times a more long-term break is what's necessary. And guess what? You have been such a good steward of your money. You've probably paid for short-term disability. You get to utilize it. Long-term disability, like all the things I think that sometimes we do day in and day out. I mean, I can't tell you how many letters I wrote yesterday for either work excuses, signing papers to say, yep, they're still post-op, you know, they can't go back to work. And yet we think ourselves are like fairy unicorns. Like we don't need that shit. And we do. Right. And we yeah, qualify we need for it. More. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there is a way. I think that's yep. what we're both saying is like, yeah, there is a way and the light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train. There's hope. Mm-hmm. And 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 you do have to find your recipe, but you can definitely glean from other people's journeys. And that's why I love your journey, Lori, is because you're like, okay, got to figure this out in a different way. Yeah. I'm an early adapter. If something isn't sitting well with me, I'm like, I got to I gotta go. I got to figure this out. I got to make a change. And so that's just what I've done. I'm not, I wouldn't say like fearless because it's, you know, you're going to have fear doing Always. it, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the changes and being uncomfortable. Do you know what I do when I have like a lot of big emotions, like fear and like resentment and maybe jealousy that other people are doing? I imagine that I am driving my minivan and that Mm -hmm. like these little creatures are like on Inside Out, that movie. And I'm like, okay, fear, here is your juice box and your Scooby snacks. You got to go sit back in the back because I'm driving the struggle bus right now. I love it. Because it is like that never goes away, right? Mm -mm. If it's 
intern in an army hospital during residency, if it's starting a chic scrub company, if it's doing podcasting, speaking, putting your story, that fear doesn't go away. It's always there. Yeah, no, I've just kind of learned like, okay, here it comes. Here you are again. We're still going to do it. <laughs> Welcome to the struggle bus. Here's your snacks. Go sit down. Go in the back. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so if people want to check out Green Cloud and shop, where do they need to go? So everything's basically Green Cloud Apparel. The website, Instagram, Facebook, so you'll find us. Right. Yeah. And as of recording right now, it is May 2nd. This, of course, is releasing later. You are doing a like clean out the closet sale. You are like getting rid of everything to make space for new stuff. So head over there, guys. She's having a great sale. She'll slap a mailing sticker on there and get it shipped to you right away. Yeah. All right, friend. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait to go hiking and hang out more with you. And I even more can't wait to see where this all goes. Thank you, Erin. And thank you for all you are doing. Hey, friend. So my word of the year for 2023 is going to be slacking for two reasons. One, I am really going to pull back the throttle in 2023 and see what life is like when I just do enough. Not extra, not overboard, not overworking, burning myself out, burning candle at both ends. Slacking. Something I don't think I've really ever done my entire life. I'm excited about it, but I'm also worried, of course, (laughs) the classic OCD overworker, how this is going to be. The other reason that slack is going to be my word in 2023 is that's where I'm going to hang out. You're not going to see me in a lot of new places. I'm just going to be waiting for you in my DMs on Slack. Yeah, I'll probably occasionally post on Instagram and still send out a few emails But you're going to see a change in Burnt Out to Badass and Dr. Me First. You're going to just see me waiting willingly and quietly in the corner for those who are ready for help. No more blasting lots of advertisements and marketing and pushing people. When you're ready, you'll come and we're going to see how it goes. So there you go. That's my word for the year. How about you? Have you picked a word? I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email. Better yet, send me a DM in Slack. Or maybe you want to join me and let's make this the year of slacking. All right, friend. Remember, if work is your drug, rest is your recovery. Come over and hang out with Slack and me and start slacking off a little bit in life.